and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard, um, I'll be your host for this evening, and tonight's episode is going it's a big special one. Um, it's going to be called Dream Big, Wreck and Ruin All Those in Your Way. And I know why it's called that, and you will know why it's called that, because joining me tonight is the rather fantastic... The rather magnificent, the rather wonderful, Mr. Mark McKinnon. Um, so, good evening, Mark. How are you? I'm good, Richard. How are you? I'm super excited to have you on because um, you have been... Well, first of all, a big public thank you because you have always been a good supporter of us. You've always liked our stuff. You've always retweeted our stuff on Twitter. And you're one of these poor guys. I think you actually listen to our stuff as well. <laughs> so... I think we're kind of we're kind of due you a guest slot. <laughs> I think yeah, is the way, um, it's the way it's the way to go. There's not many podcasts that I do actually listen to, and and you're one oh. of the regular ones. So, ah, well, yeah. thanks for thanks very much. That's that's very kind of you. Now, the reason that we do this um, is because well, it's quite simple. There are not enough podcasts out there about board games, and the other reason that we do this is because. Well, quite simple, Tabletop Day is going to be coming up at the end of this month. And basically, uh, Sarah, who did uh, Awesome, Kevin Young, who you know from uh, on uh, Legends Untold, uh, Justin from Elements, they're all going to be there. And we've already spoken to them, but Mark's going to be there as well. And we haven't spoken to him, so we thought, one of the good reasons to have him on tonight is so when I meet him, I don't have to kind of have that awkward kind of silence where it's like, how come you've not had us on your show yet? <laughs> so that was... So we can hug now? Was, we can, yeah, we can kind of look each other in the eye and shake hands and have a knowing grin that we've had a conversation <laughs> before we've actually met. But uh, are you well though? Are you good? I'm good, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be the, the last of the the Scottish contingent. That we've got going on at the moment, so <laughs> okay. we kind of save we save the best to last the creme de la creme, as they say. But don't let don't let Kevin hear you say that, because um, I said that to him. Don't let Sarah say that hear you say that, because I said that to her as well. And the same with Justin. Don't let him don't mention at all, because I said the same thing to him. Um, but tonight is normal. This is a kind of a work. It's kind of a cross between a work in progress and uh, a friends of the show episode. Because, um, as per normal, what we want to do is we are going to talk about your up-and-coming game that you're going to be bringing to Kickstarter soon, called Wreck and Ruin. But as per usual, what we want to do is we want to find out a little bit about um, about how you got involved in the hobby. And as we say, we like to we like to have a stare back at the past. We like to have a look at the present, and we like to have a long meander off into the future. So. For just to let people know, how how did you kind of get into the hobby in the first place? What kind of drew you in? Well, I started the same way as kind of most people did with the family games, a little bit of Monopoly and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was actually probably when I was about 10 and I had a next door neighbour and he was right into Warhammer. And I can't even remember how it was that I, I somehow got involved in it. I think I just went round to his house one day. He's always kind of given us his toys. 
you know, when yeah. he was kind of, as he, he was a few years older than me, so as he was grown out of them, they'd be passed to us. And, uh, well, I thought it was a brilliant setup, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, somehow I ended up coming across Warhammer stuff and, you know, he showed me these figures and I was like, what, what is this? I, I must have this, you know, <laughs> as a 10 year old child, you're looking at these things and, and you're like, you know, it's like the curtain's been lifted. It is kind of like, this is kind of Star Wars while we're waiting for the next Star Wars to come along. Because yeah. it's not like it's not like now we were going to have about, you know, 17 films to look forward to now. You've kind of like, at that time, Star Wars had finished. There yeah. wasn't any, there wasn't any more Star Wars. So, um, but, um, so you saw this Warhammer. I take it he didn't... <laughs> At any point, he didn't pass you down any Warhammer, though. Was that he kind of kept that for himself? Unfortunately, no. I did get right. a, a few of the uh, the free painting guides and stuff like that. They were passed down to me, but all right, okay. Uh, no, no, no miniatures. Unfortunately, if I, ah. if I had them, I'd be a rich man now. I think. <laughs> Just hang on to them. Yeah. Was it the Was it the lead ones he had, or was he kind of dealing with like plastic? Oh, it was all lead back then. It was all the road ah. trader stuff. So. <laughs> the kind of stuff that they wouldn't like kids near and they wouldn't let I know it's amazing to think that there was a whole generation of kids that were sitting there playing with like lead figures and nobody nobody kind of knew any better um, until they obviously got kind of lead poisoning and stuff like that as well but did you I mean what what was the kind of what was your first kind of jump into into it yourself what did you manage to kind of get your hands on the very first thing I started off with was Space Crusade, because um, I'd always kind of liked, I've liked sci-fi stuff, and uh, you know that way I had all this, I had all the Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. and then Space Crusade. I was just like, this is the one for me. And, you know, back then you got, you seen the adverts on the telly for stuff like Hero Quest and stuff like that. You know, they used to actually advertise on mainstream telly, and you're like, this stuff's pretty cool. You know, I I want to get my hands on some of that. And so yeah, how, so. how did how did you get hold of it? Then was it bought for you as a present, or did you save up for it? Uh, I asked for it for my tenth birthday, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, well, my mum and dad probably weren't too keen on it because they then had to play it with me for the next <laughs> year or so <laughs> until I found somebody else that I could get roped in. But yeah, that's that's where it all started. So what did you go? Did you go as the aliens or did you go as the as the marines? What would you prefer to play as? I was aliens every time. I just had did you? yeah. I loved moving those little blips about and just <laughs> you know, people. Give me a dreadnought. Give me a dreadnought. <laughs> that's all you're waiting for every time. I mean, for those who aren't aware of Space Crusade, and um, if you aren't aware of Space Crusade, then um, um, you should definitely try and be aware. It's it's like not being aware of the first kind of Star Wars film, or not being aware of the Lord of the Rings, or it is kind of like one of these things that got a hell of a lot of people into the hobby. I mean, me especially. I mean, one of the first games I had was Hero Quest myself, and then it was Space Crusade. But Space Crusade was kind of like a. It was pretty much your. Um, it was pretty much your kind of your. Um, your your first kind of space version of a dungeon crawler, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so you kind of... It came with a little mission book and you could pick 
pick what mission you did and it gave you kind of the setup and then the scenario and mm-hmm. then basically what happens is yeah you as the the dungeon master if you like the, the alien player they control these blips which they can move around the map but no neither of us really know what's on it until it comes into the line of sight of one of the one of the space marines the good guys so yeah until that point you're like i'm moving everything in but it's like alien you know you can see the little <laughs> beeper you know the little blip going on the track the little scatter of yeah. getting movement and the reason that mark was talking about getting the dreadnought was because there was there was different kind of um there was different kind of creatures. It was like the standard. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. There's the standard kind of the gene stealer, and then there was like the chaos marines and stuff like that. But then you were only there was only ever one blip, the big blip on the game, and they had it. It was always like they had things down as points, and the dreadnought was a ten pointer. And if you, it always used to remind me of. Um, the original RoboCop film, AD209. the AD two hundred nine, and that was one of the reasons I thought it was the smartest thing ever. And um, that was it. When you you turned over that, it didn't just take up like it didn't take up just one square. It took up four, and and you used to get a choice. Of, was it a choice of guns as well? Because I, I think uh, it had a choice of four, but it came it had two mounted on it. So and yeah. Then, they were both, the, you know, the business end, so it didn't matter what you took. Somebody was going to get hurt. <laughs> it was fantastic. Did you did you win a lot then? Uh, I don't know if anyone actually ever beat me at it. Maybe that's really? why I couldn't get anyone to play it. Cause, really? Yeah. I just, I love that Dreadnought too much. <laughs> have you, have you still got a copy of it? I found it in my mum's loft. Um, did you? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it has. So I don't know who it was, but some ten-year-old has painted up these models. <laughs> what do they look like? Are they good or they bad? Are they? As... They're they're just blobs now. There's, I think I've painted over them that many times that you can't make out really any of the features. Yeah, but um, I did actually go on eBay last year and I picked myself up a practically brand new. Really? Copy, yeah, and I was like, I just, I want to get back into this again, so. <laughs> I still haven't played it since I got it again, but I like looking at it, no. I'll, ch- I'll tell you what, I'll, um, I'll challenge you then. Alright, let's do it. Let's do it, let's make it happen. <laughs> let's make it happen, because I too have, um, have got a, a really old copy of Space Crusade, which I think is in, is in pretty good nick, so if you're up for the challenge, Mr. McKinnon. Let's have a space crusade off. Finale, it is on. Uh, and we could put the two boards together and we could have a massive, massive game, a space crusade. Just like and bring double the miniatures and everything like that and we'll see we'll see how we kinda we'll kinda get on. So you jumped from Space Crusade, so that was your kind of your introductory poison. So where did you move into from there? Um so and in the meantime my mum's kinda still buying me other board games, so she tries to get me into all kinds of different things. Some work, mm. some didn't. So, like, good, I had Thunder Road. Oh, so good. Yep, which, unfortunately, I cannot for the life of me remember what I did with it. But um, there was also, on the flip side, I had 
Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Didn't have quite the same appeal, but... <laughs> you can't really go from, like, aliens and, you know, gene stealers... <laughs> No, <laughs> and the and the was it the was it the blood angels and the ultramarines? Yeah, <laughs> to get a dizzy dizzy dinosaur. No, so it didn't quite work both ways. But basically, what I did was any other board game. I eventually just started repurposing all the pieces for all right to to feed my my warhammer craze. So I had some kind of bigfoot game that had a a mountain in it, and yeah. then I started getting into Warhammer forty k. I started mm-hmm. going into after that, and uh, so yeah, anything that could vaguely be used as scenery got taken out of every other game and just stuck on the table. And so yeah, I I left a wake of destroyed games, just <laughs> trying to try to feed my habit. So <laughs> try to feed your habit. Is <laughs> it like some kind of matter? Yeah. Did habit. you ever did you ever go down as far as kinda of like the paper mashy route? Did you ever get kinda of like that far? Did you ever go down the balsa wood route at all? I mean it's I think at this point in your life it's maybe important to share. I was never skilled enough, I think. I liked the idea of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, just never I didn't have the skills. I, I uh, think I was, I think I was the same. I think I had I think I had visions of building kind of entire spaceships and ended up building a very badly put together kind of wall. Yeah. <laughs> one point. But that was as far as it went. I think the best thing I did was I managed to make a a rope bridge out of cocktail sticks. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, but as, still... as soon as you touched it, it fell apart, so... <laughs> Have you still got it? No, thank God. <laughs> That'd be your mum says, oh, I've got, um, you know, I don't have that Thunder Road, but here's that cocktail stick bridge. Yeah, totally makes up for <laughs> it. <laughs> so how long did you stay in the 40,000 um, thing? Did that continue to grow as you went on? I mean, did you get um, did you end up with like a massive collection of 40,000 stuff? So I ended up with a bit of everything because, well, when I speak to my gran about it, she always says, Oh, I hated it when you were into that game because I had to walk into that shop and just pick up one of those little boxes. Didn't know what it was, but, you know, he likes this shop, so I'll just buy him something from it. So I'd end up with all kind of random stuff all over the place. So she didn't actually know. She would be saying, he might might like Skaven. Skaven might be a good idea. Did you mix, did you end up with a mixture of kind of like all different types of stuff from Games Workshop then? So yeah, I had my first army that I was kind of going for was at orcs. I was, I was never a fan of the space marines, so no. I, I liked getting a good wah going. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, my grand would buy me space marines, um, the occasional random fantasy thing. Sometimes you'd have a knight, maybe a demon, you know, just... Stuff that weren't even in the same game. And did you did you have friends that were playing with you then at that time? Then by the time you had that much stuff. Oh yeah, we had. Um, There's quite a few of us um, at, in my school, mm-hmm. and we used to go down to each other's house once, maybe twice a week. All and, right, uh, cool, okay. And we'd had, you know, we'd get some epic battles on the go, so it was fun. But I, I moved from orcs to 
Tyranids. Oh, what advanced Space Crusade? No, the actual, when they re-released all the kind of Tyranid and Gene Stealer stuff. Yeah, back yeah. Back in kind of, was that mid-90s maybe? And, yeah. Uh, and then they also released the, the, the Psychic Power expansion. Yeah. For Warhammer, so... Up to that point, you didn't really have anything like that in it. You could have, you had gear and stuff yeah. like that, but they brought in psychic powers, and uh, I'd somehow, luckily, one of my grand's purchases was a Gene Stealer Magus, which so you... I had psychic powers, and I was like, <laughs> so you're all over that then. Yeah, I was like, I can finally use some warp powers here. <laughs> did that? I mean, did that? Did you do what a lot of people did, which you ended up having a break away from the kind of the, the miniature gaming altogether? Or did, have you have you just never really stopped? Have you always continued? No, I kind of had quite a big break, actually. All right. I, I kind of stopped round about 16. You know, mm-hmm. that you're at that stage where you're, tr- <laughs> you're trying to be cool. Um, you're looking at them and going, you're just a bunch of plastic figures. Yeah, it's funny because... When I was a kid and I mm. couldn't afford anything, I loved it. And then as soon as you're old enough to make your own money, and you're yeah. like, I'm, I can't afford to buy them. <laughs> no. and, you, and you don't touch them after that, so... Yeah. So, well, yeah. It's, either that, I mean, it's either that or it's the gas bill at that time, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> do I buy a couple of squadrons or do I just, you know... <laughs> to actually feed myself kind of thing for it but it's, it's kind of always the same so when did you get back into it then? Um, it was fairly recently actually I'd say probably you're probably only talking about maybe three years ago now yeah Um, I, I went back to my mum's house and I still had she'd asked me to do some doodles on the wall for my brother because alright okay as, as he was coming up behind me he was kind of Trying to steal all my stuff, yeah. and uh, you know he was he was starting to take my Warhammer stuff, so he was getting into it. And uh, so I went back to my mum's, and I'm sitting in this room, and you know we have got some nice drawings on the wall, and I'm like, I really enjoyed that, you know, that time of my life, uh-huh. and um, you know I I quite like to see what's happening with it now. So by then, you know, when I gave up the internet I'd never even heard of it yeah and then you know that way now all of a sudden I'm like I'll have a little look on eBay and see <laughs> see, what's, just... see what's happening in this world and you know that way and I was just like whoa that's the, well, that's the worst thing you can do isn't it yeah because <laughs> when I left it was literally it was it was games workshop yeah or board games that was it yeah. you know there's not the all the shades of grey that we have now in between. So yeah, there's no other nobody else did miniature board games or or that no. at that point. And yeah, now I came back and I was having a look through eBay and it was actually um it was Dreadball that kinda Was it oh um, yeah yeah is that um who's that is that Mantic? That's Mantic yeah. Mantic, yeah, yeah. So what happened was I was like quite fancy giving this a go. And I never played Blood Bowl so I wasn't particularly interested in the whole kind of miniature sports game, but there was something yeah. about Dreadball that took my fancy. And uh, I was like, I'll, I'll give this a go. And then through research 
of that is how I came across Kickstarter and uh, that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> well, for my bank account anyway. Uh, I mean, have you, like many people, have you started to seek the support of local kind of Kickstarter groups <laughs> to try and keep you away from kind of Kickstarter? I mean, um, because it is one of these things that is kind of like, it's kind of like the promises of a sweetie shop. It's not like actually being in a sweetie shop, you can get stuff. It's a kind of look at these potential things that you can have in six months. And I think some people just can't keep away from the fact that at some point in the next potential year, something is just going to, there's going to be a, a knock and a ring, and then there's just going to be a magnificent box of something that you've probably forgotten about. Yeah. Every now and again, I just get a random email in my inbox from Royal <laughs> Mail saying, we're coming to deliver something. I'm like, what? What is it? It's either that or you get something like, um, <clears throat> is it, who is it? Ship Naked? Yeah. Um, Spiral Galaxy Games? <laughs> I mean, let's list, you know, list them off. You get emails from them saying, we've got your, we've got your stuff. And it's like, oh, could you make sure that, uh, could you make sure it's uh, at this address instead of that address? And it's like, yeah, certainly. Is this just like the last time last week that you asked us to change it as well? Um, that was probably somebody else. It definitely, definitely wasn't. It wasn't me. Um, what's the kind of the? What have you been kind of? What are the latest stuff you've been enjoying from there? Because you wrote down um, because we do some preparation. Well, Mark did preparation basically. <laughs> Mark says, "Oh, here, here, here's a list of stuff I've been playing." But you mentioned um, you mentioned Clank, and the reason I'm going to mention Clank is because in the episode that me and Colin just did, we well, I mentioned I've been playing Clank as well. Um, is that one of the recent ones you've got? You've been playing yourself? So I'm quite good friends with Adam that works in Static Games in Glasgow. All right, okay. So. Uh, we go to a kind of... I'm part of a, a local games club. It's now called Sword. It's socialising while occasionally rolling dice. <laughs> Emphasis on socialising. Oh my goodness, that's almost as bad as Dwarf. But Dwarf Dwarf's are pretty good though. But somehow, uh, the guy that runs it, Ben, he, uh, yeah. he got in touch with Static Games and said, you know... We're starting a new club. Um, uh-huh. We'd like to, we'd like to see if you'd be interested in coming along. So, they started coming down and just bringing us all kind of cool games to play. You know, new stuff that right. was out and say, "You just want to give this a try." So, do you get? Do you get kind of like? Do, do they bring games round just for you to have a shot of without you having to worry about kind of buying them? Then, yeah. So they'll come round and and they'll show us cool stuff. And uh, uh-huh. there's obviously, usually once we play something like that, that's cool. And then the next day, three of us have bought it. <laughs> you know, it, it does happen like that. But yeah. is that what ha- is that what happened with Clank then? I don't know if anybody actually bought Clank, but well, right. Ad- Adam owns it, so all oh, right, okay. Just been playing his one. Uh, yeah, but it's a really cool game. It is. It is Clank, um, and we didn't talk about it a lot on the on the episode, the recent episode that me and Colin did, because we spoke about 
Scythe and Viticulture instead. But um, Clank's like it's... um, And my memory's rubbish because I'm old, so you can correct me as we go along. It's essentially, it's like a deck building game, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's Um, a deck building game with a board. Yes. And so what happens is you you do your normal deck building. You take you draw your five cards, mm-hmm. and they have they have your move on it. So they allow you to move across the board. And the object of the game is to get in, get the treasure, not get eaten by the dragon, and get back out. Basically, you're kind of going underground, and you're <clears throat> you're kind of your um. Your cards are basically your move set, so you've got the ability to um, move forward one space or a couple of spaces. You've got the ability to um, you've got your also your ability to buy stuff as well. So you can use um, you can use stuff that you've got your cards in your hand in order to buy kind of some of the treasure that's there. Because at the top of the board, you've got like about four piles of cards. And then what happens is you'll draw, as you buy stuff, you replace the cards with, and it'll have different treasure or it will have a monster to defeat. So you use your card and your deck to, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, because as I say, it was a week or two now and my, my memory's just not the, <laughs> the same anymore. But um, you use your cards to defeat like monsters and they'll get added into your hand and they all give you a bonus but every now and again you'll draw a dragon and then what happens then you have you have a a pile of cubes which basically represents the amount of noise that you're making so as you clank more Mm -hmm. you put more of these into the the bag and yeah. then when the dragon's drawn you pull a couple of cubes out and basically the colour is who the dragon's attacking that turn so you've got I think it's 8 health or something like that to start with Yeah, and you start to slowly fill them up until what happened with me is basically I managed to escape the dungeon to then have the last one drawn like two spaces away from victory. Really? See, I managed. I managed to get. I managed to get above ground in the game that we played, and then I think within the space of about three turns, we managed to draw about. We managed to draw session after well, play after play of like kind of dragon cards one after another, and I had been very very lucky so far, but I think. The dragon managed to knock like two of us out in quick succession, and though we were above ground, because you basically you're you're going you're kind of going cave diving, and then as you go down, you can buy keys to unlock doors, or you can buy items to allow you to take more than one treasure, and you do this through kind of getting more money through fighting guys, and as long as you get above ground, it doesn't matter if you die because you can score at the end. But you've got to get to like right above out the place and then along to kind of like an end of a track. So did you get to like two spaces away? It was two spaces away. And oh, what happened was, I, th- I think you start, is it like 30 cubes? I think you start with. Yeah. And at one point I had five on the tracker. Yeah. And 
four in my hand. So <laughs> the bag was basically full <laughs> of mine. And there was one guy who was missing like two cubes. He had two cubes in the bag. Yeah. But somehow, just for this brief, at a brief period of respite where none of my cubes came out, which allowed me to, to nearly make it, but it just wasn't enough. It's just, um, how many times you played it now? Uh, twice, I think it is now. Yeah. Um, the first one was a bit of a kind of, I think we wrote that one off, but um, the, the, the kind of the proper game was that one where I, I died uncer- unceremoniously, um, <laughs> just above ground. We just, I mean, we had a blast with it because we didn't. The guy, one of the guys, that, the guy that brought it along, he decided there was he wasn't going to play, so he basically kind of almost like GM'd it for us. So he was in charge of making sure the cards were right. He was in charge of making sure everything was kept along in the rules. So we ended up having like a a blast with it, but it was definitely um, it was definitely a lot of fun at the time, and I kind of a gonna play it again. I'm just trying to check who. Is it Ren? I think it's Renegade Games. I think. I don't know, but I'm sure there's an expansion due. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I've also seen it's really quite difficult to get. Yeah, it's Renegade Game Studios that do Clank. But yeah, I think there is a, um, I think there is like a, a kind of an expansion that's due out. But I don't know if they're doing that through. I don't know if they're doing it through Kickstarter or if they're just releasing the expansion themselves, kind of, kind of self-publishing it. I've no idea. Just I know it kind of makes the dungeon deeper. Yeah. I I don't know why they decided that that was the best thing to do. It was too deep for me as it was. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously, somebody's like, you know, I'm not even going to waste my time going down those thirty squares to the bottom. <laughs> no. Talk talk to me when it's at least sixty deep. I know. I was just as yeah, I kind of scuttered about the top, and I grabbed. I think I grabbed about one. I grabbed a. I got a bag as quickly as I could, and I think I grabbed two of the treasures, and then tried to get out of there as quickly as I could. But some folk were like hanging around, like they were setting up some some kind of uh, cave camp party down the bottom, regardless of what was happening with a dragon, and they weren't kind of doing. They weren't kind of doing anything else. But um, no, nah, but it's good. As I say, we talked about it. Um, we very briefly mentioned it in the last episode, but it's definitely kind of worthwhile kind of picking up. But, um, I mean, moving on, um, <clears throat> for yourself, you've obviously getting, you know, you met, you mentioned, you put in the show notes about um, Others Seven Sins. Is that any good? I, I quite enjoy it. It's, um, right, okay. So, yeah, that was one of my first Kickstarter projects that oh, right, okay. I came across and uh, you know that we my first experience at Kickstarter and that was just I was smashing goals everywhere you know yeah. what I mean I was just every day I was waking up to, and I was checking my emails I was like oh you know what have we got now and I was like oh yes we've, we've unlocked some mad scientist so alright cool <laughs> That's good funny. You played that a few times. Yeah. You so managed to get that? I yeah. played it I played it three times. Uh-huh. Um twice as the sin. 
and All right. once as the members of Faith, the uh, the good guys. And how'd uh, you get on? I have won every game so far. Mm, okay. Um, it was a bit of bad luck on the Faith players' side because right. one one of the heroes, uh, Morgana, she is a vampire, mm-hmm. um, and she is the 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 bruiser of the group. So she's supposed to be strong in hand to hand combat. You know, she's supposed to cause all manner of hurt. And uh, so Adam takes her out of the starting spot mm-hmm. into the first street area, which has a fire token in it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you enter the f- a fire. If you enter or leave an area with that token in it, you need to roll to see if you take any damage. Yeah. Um, and I just had, I just rolled an exploding die repeatedly <laughs> and killed her in the one turn <laughs> and he literally had not done any other actions with her and he had to replace her straight away you know uh-huh. and he, it's like my whole plan kind of hinged on her doing all the cool stuff and now I don't know what to do <laughs> so spectac- spectacular bit of dice rolling then yes so yeah the little guys they start off you've got your your acolytes which mm. just are more of a nuisance than anything, just kind of slow the player down. Mm. And then next up, you've got your, your sins, abominations, so they're slightly stronger. Mm. Um, and then eventually you work up to the kind of end game, which is the sin appears, and he rolls like seven dice. And so you get him with a couple of the wee guys backing him up, and all of he a sudden, like, you've you've ran out of dice. He sounds like he's pretty much unstoppable then. Yeah, so it's, I've seen him die. I, I managed to kill him once, um, but yeah, it was a really touching goal. It was like last turn, last ditch, <laughs> all or nothing kind of thing. Because I'm not going to last another turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for those that aren't aware, it's um, it was the is it the last game that Cool Mini or Not did um, before they just recently did Rising Sun and I think it was maybe the first game well it might have been the first game that they did with Eric Lang I think um, and it basically is a case of you are a, you're basically a specialist team that are taking down um, kind of like monsters based around the seven the seven deadly sins. So you got like, you know, sloth, greed, lust, wrath, envy, um, gluttony, and probably another one, which I can't um lust, I think, is another one. Um But each using a kind being typical kind of cool mini or not, they've not just done um kind of basic sculpts for these things. The sculpts in them are pretty spectacular. They're beautiful, yeah. They're just, and they're not, they're not normal size as well. They're a fair size, and there's a lot of love put into these sculpts. They're obviously monstrous because they've got to represent the seven sins, but they do look, they do kind of look fantastic. And if you backed the Kickstarter, you pretty much got everything. All of the, <laughs> you got you got a box the size of a baby car seat. Basically, I'm pretty sure I've got Eric Lang's mum's kitchen sink. 
<laughs> in my cupboard. Did you get kind of sent that? Yes, as I kind of thank you for for believing in us. Uh it was. Um, I think it was everything. I think there was a kind of like there wasn't only just the got the old seven sins. There was like extra expansions. There was extra teams. You had the um, they had made heart kind of tokens. They'd not made them change them from tokens into solid kind of um, solid pieces and stuff. It was a uh, it looks um, interesting. It's one of me and Colin want to kind of definitely get to the table at one point. But if you're saying it's a, is it a good laugh? Did you have fun with it? I enjoyed it, yeah. The The only thing I didn't like about it was, well, we've not played enough of the missions, but yeah. I don't think there's an actual progression. You know, you don't keep characters or, or anything like that. I would have liked to have seen that in it. Each, each mission is yeah. a kind of standalone game. Uh-huh. But the game in itself is, is pretty cool, so... Okay. Yeah, it's well worth a look. So... Here's, I guess, here's, you know, here's the next question then, is what, from somebody that had a history in, you know, Warhammer, and then somebody that's then kind of recently, you say, you know, you said yourself quite recently, got back into the hobby, what made you decide to jump into it yourself? I mean, what made you think about Wreck and Ruin? Where did that come from? I didn't actually set out to make a game. That wasn't my original mm. intention. I kind of, I'd, I'd been spending a lot of time at home, and I was, I was playing Fallout Four, a lot. All right. Yeah. And um, I was playing it, but I was kind of, I was going through the motions with it. You know that way. I was like, I'm sitting here, staring at the screen for four or five hours, but yeah, am I enjoying it? I'm not actually that sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of, I got to the stage where I didn't want to look at my PlayStation for a while. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't have anyone to play board games with. Oh, so yeah, okay. I was, you know, I just, I started writing just for, just for a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And never really intending for it to go anywhere. And, um, you know, that way it wasn't until maybe I, I sat down and kind of fleshed out some of the stuff and... I looked at it and I was like, I've actually might have something here. And you know what I mean? It wasn't, totally wasn't my plan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I took it around to my brother mm-hmm. and we drew some grids on sheets of paper and proper dodgy prototype stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, said, right, does this work? And uh, looking at it now, it was quite clunky at the time, but you know what I mean? I was like, it is, it's not broke, which is always, yeah. which is always yeah, a good I thing. Know, exactly. So. Uh, somebody comes along and says, ah, but if I do this, then nobody can touch me and the entire game's broken. You know, like, ah, oh, for goodness sake. And there's nothing worse than having something like that, so. Yeah. So what's the idea behind Wreck and Ruin? For people that haven't heard of the game, before, um, what 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 did what would they expect when they kind of open the box? What kind of game are they kind of looking at? Well, I'll I'll put on my my movie voice. Yes, yeah. please. And you have to go close up to the mic, and you have to do the deep, gruff American type voice as well. Let's see. <laughs> in the year, in the near future, life as we know it. I couldn't do it. I, I, 
I need to smoke more, I think, to to continue it. Right? <laughs> you have to get right up to the mic, and you have to kind of like I've done this before. But you have to get up and go. In the dust, as it settles, a man walks out into the into the sun. He has only two things on his mind: where he's going to drive, and who he is going to kill when he gets there. Right, if, if you can do that again, what I'll do is, is I'll do I'll do the Terminator tune behind it, right? So I'll, I'll just go. This is wreck and ruin. I think we've got something there. I think. I think. I think that's the kickstarter. That's the kickstarter video done. Yep, sorted. That's, I'm, we I'm just need to get the models round. Yeah. There you go. Have you just? Well, soon you'll have a copy of it anyway, so you can download it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, um, so you had the you had the basis for an idea kind of up and running, but I mean, people do this on a regular basis, but never take it to the next level. So you're sitting having chats with your brother. What makes you decide to say, well, actually, we've really got something here, and let's see about making it into a kind of a proper game. So I kind of got to the stage where. I'd, I'd written out a lot of, I'd went, you know, I went as far as kind of the lore behind the world and all that kind of stuff. And then I'd wrote out my kind of core mechanics mm. and stuff like that. And and then I got to the stage where I thought, right, if I, if I want to do anything more with this, I'm going to have to start spending money. Yeah. And, you know, if I do that, then I need to make a commitment to myself now that... No matter what way it goes, I need to see it through to the end. Because I didn't want, you know, if I didn't do it, I would always regret it. Um, but at the same time, you know, that way, it's scary, but it's, but it's nice to kind of commit to yourself, to, to your own idea and say, do you know what, I'm going to do this. No matter what, you know, I'm going to see this through to the end. So mm-hmm. I, I got to that stage and... It was kind of sixty forty that I was that I was going to continue with it, um, but I I decided, yeah, you know, what is the worst that could happen, really? And what did your partner think at the time? Did you sit them down and have a conversation about it, or did you wait until you thought I'm going to do something about this? So, she kind of, I think she liked the idea of me doing something creative, because she's oh. um. She's a, a clothing designer herself, so... Oh, okay, okay, cool. So she liked the idea of being able to show me how to work Photoshop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't realise that the board game, board gaming is a deep, dark hole that people <laughs> fall down and don't return from. There is that. There is people that always kind of do that. You kind of see them and then... You kind of see, you kind of see them, and then they don't come back for like six months, and they go, "Look what I invented!" And it's like, "What have you been doing? <laughs> Can put that down and get yourself a wash." Yeah, so I, I literally disappeared for about three months, yeah. and then the next people heard I put on a random post saying, "Oh, my game's been accepted on Board Game Geek," and, 
and people are like, I don't even know what that is. I think the thing is, even if people do know what Board Game Geek is, I think it's kind of getting, um, working out how you work Board Game Geek. So I think, <laughs> I don't think people realise how kind of like big a triumph that is. <laughs> kind of getting, actually getting to BoardGameGeek.com is one thing. Actually figuring out how BoardGameGeek.com works is a completely different thing yeah. altogether. It's a bit like Supernatural when kind of the first couple of seasons where they look on the angels and their eyes burn out. Yeah. It's kind of you open up Board Game Geek and you're like what oh, is dear. this? Are you a Supernaturals fan? I am, yeah. Are you? Have you not? Have you heard them? Monst- just quick aside, have you listened to the Monster of the Week podcast? I haven't, but that's only because I'm a couple of seasons behind, so I don't want any spoilers. I'm up to Oh no, they start, from, they start from season one. It's... Um, it's done by Jeremy Greer, who um, is the worst, who's been on the show before. He's a good friend of mine, but he starts months... I mean, it's a ridiculously terrible plug, but I think you'll really, really like the show. It's him and a guy called Chris Moser, um, and Stephen Villeneuve was on it for a while as well. And they talk about everything from season one onwards. So they do about two or three episodes of show. So if you're a Supernatural fan, aren't you? Check it out. Yeah. There you go. I follow them Please. on Instagram and some of the some of the memes that they make on there are, are brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. Like it's all just about hunks. <laughs> show me the show me show me the hunks kind of thing. But yeah, um <clears throat> I know that's terrible giving a shout out in the middle of a conversation with somebody else. But um yeah, if you yeah, check them out because it's they're kind of they're quite good fun. Um so you sit, you get everything on Board Game Geek, and then where do you go from there? I mean, do you get the board made? Do you get the models made? What kind of what kind of happened after that? I actually did it the wrong way, which was getting an artist on board. Which All right, okay. When you speak to everybody, they're like, "No, do not do that until your idea is complete." you know, in its final stages mm-hmm. uh, just in case it doesn't work out but I kind of, for me, I think I felt that that's what I needed to I don't know, maybe even to drive myself on a bit, you know, mm-hmm. to make it feel more like a game perhaps mm-hmm. but yeah, I did that and um, just, I started kind of joining gaming groups and stuff like that, not even not even to to plug myself, but to see to see what else was out there and to see yeah. what people liked and just generally kind of meet more gamers. So yeah, I, I went I went about did the rounds and I just you know kind of started started doing a bit of market research if you like. Is, I mean, it's always a worry when you come up with an idea that you haven't, it hasn't been done before and that you've maybe passed it in passing and then it settled itself on your subconscious and then you've went and went, oh, here's an idea for a game and it's fantastic and the next thing you know you've made kind of the next kind of scythe or the next kind, you know, the next kind of pixel tactics or something like that. Um, I mean, for those... 
I mean, what's Reckon Rune about? What's the idea right. behind it? What's the mechanics about? Right, so know, because we'll, we... we'll go back to the to the the movie overview then. So yes, the... which I completely ruined. And took over. <laughs> <laughs> so it's set in the kind of not too distant future. Um, the world as we know it has ended. Um, I've not really gone into specifically how that happened, but it's kind of. Our civilization is more or less gone. There's, there's barely anything left of, of what we know. So, there's no more towns, cities. Um, you, what's left are basically the remnants of civilization, which kind of band together, in gangs, um, driving about this post-apocalyptic wasteland, um, and what they're trying to do is gather gather resources, gather pieces of the lost technology that's that's been buried in the wasteland. Um to there's there's no money. Money doesn't exist anymore. So you need to have technology to to barter to get mm-hmm. your to get your food, your supplies mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So the object of the game is basically to collect more resources than the other players. So how you do that is you there's four factions in the game, so yeah. you you pick your faction, each faction has five vehicles, so I've got f- four different vehicle classes. Starting off with your your scouts, which are your kinda fast light vehicles, your bikes, your quads, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So really fast, really good at getting about the board. But um, not very strong. Their attacks are quite weak, quite easy to destroy. Next up, you've got your buggy, which is your kind of your jack of all trades. So he's a bit better armored, a bit stronger attack. But his main use is he's the only vehicle in the game that can repair other vehicles on the move. All right. Okay. Uh, next up we have the Wrecker. It's his job basically to make everyone else's day a misery. I was going to guess that, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a clever name. I was going to go for Fluffy Bunnykins, but... <laughs> I can imagine that. I've just been destroyed by the Fluffy Bunnykins. Yeah. It serves you right. <laughs> I told you never to look in his eyes. <laughs> exactly. He's just getting burnt out by some fun. <laughs> so yeah, so... His job is basically to, he's, he's got the strongest armour, so he he rams everything else off the road. You know, he's, he's a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And then finally you have your big rig, which is your command centre. He's the biggest vehicle. He's quite slow, but he's got the strongest attacks and he can soak up a hell of a lot of damage. And uh, he basically, if you get him somewhere then he's pretty much going to annoy everybody quite a lot. <laughs> it's um, It sounds it's got schmackles of Mad Max. Yeah, so, like I said, it was it was, it was Fallout I was playing. I was playing Fallout and yeah. kind of enjoy the exploration part of Fallout. Mm-hmm. You know, just picking a direction and finding stuff. Yeah. And I kind of went from there, you know, I was like, right, I like the idea of exploring, but 
it takes forever on foot. Yeah. Way. How do I do it faster? Alright, I've I've got a car. Mm-hmm. So kinda it went from fallout into cars and yeah, there's a little bit of kinda Mad Max there. Um it was more of a kinda blatant rip off of Thunder Road to start with, if I'm completely Well I didn't honest. I don't want to say anything, but you know, <laughs> I mean you're gonna get a lot of um you're gonna get a lot of love from this direction if you mention Thunder Road because you know, as you know, we had the creator of Thunder Road on the show, and I didn't know at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Until he mentioned. Don't make that mistake old, twice. <laughs> I know, good old Jim Kiefer. He's kind of like, oh yeah, just I, you know, yeah. went out for lunch, invented Thunder Road, came back for lunch again. It's like you invented Thunder Road. So. I, I don't yeah. know why, but it was kind of. That was my kind of go-to thing. Was the whole kind of rolling road thing at first. Cause yeah, I hadn't seen that in any other game other than than Thunder Road, and I really liked that whole idea of the kind of it was continuous, and you didn't have to destroy everyone; you just had to be faster than them. Yeah, and so I I did at one point have a kind of homage to Thunder Road in my game with a kind yeah. of rolling road element, um, but I had to take it out. Not what be- made you change? Not what because you Jim, it's not Jim Kiefer's lawyers on the door or anything like that. <laughs> exactly. Um, what happened was, when I first created uh, my game, it was actually started off with a square grid. So movement is done, you know. So what happens is you've got a move of, the scout has a move of eight. So what happened was you could move eight squares in a straight line or... If you wanted to turn 90 degrees, that would cost one of your move. So you yeah. could go six forward, turn one, and then, you know, forward one, go off in a different direction. Yeah. And uh, so I had, like, nine tiles to make up the entire map. Mm-hmm. And I've always had, I've always wanted them to be double-sided and interchangeable so you could always make a different map every time you played the game. But um, I went to I went to Aircon Three, um, down in Bradford, yeah, in October, and um, I'm not going to lie, I did spend a little bit of money getting a prototype made up to take mm-hmm. down there for yeah. I kind yeah. I'd signed up with Playtest UK to get a slot in there, and uh, I went down there and set my game up, and. You know, explaining what what was happening, and then after one one round, the guy kind of just put everything down on the table and just looked at me and he says, "This is what's wrong with your game." And then, like, started a list of things, and I and I was like, "Oh man, you know, I really should have done this before I'd spent all that money." But, uh, oh no, well, we're here now. So, um, <laughs> his suggestion was basically to change it from squares into hexes. Because uh, <gasps> there's a big noise about people using hexes in games anyway, isn't there? I mean, folks say, oh, don't use hexes, use squares. But <clears throat> that was his first thing, change it to hexes. Yeah, well, I just started with squares. And it was, it was purely, a, it, was, it sounds really stupid now, but all it was was, I had a rectangular piece of paper and 
I could pretty easily turn that into a square. Yeah. And so that's just how it started off as squares. Mm-hmm. And um, so I came away from Aircon and I was a little bit deflated. Um, but then I, I got up the next day and I was like, do you know what, you know, if this is what the game needs to make it better, then let's do it. So I basically tore everything down and then built it back up from the ground up, replacing, you know, I had to change all my my firing arcs, my the way that you moved across the board, how you interacted with obstacles, all that kind of stuff was all useless now. So basically I had to start the game again with the hexes, but I hate to say it, but he was right. Everything, it, it was to do with the movement, and he said it just, it didn't feel natural to move. Yeah. The way, you know, he said vehicles don't turn 90 degrees when they want to turn. No. Oh. And he was right, you know, when I changed it to the hexes, and you're not way, so you're turning... 60 degrees yeah yeah just, you're not yeah you're not turning 90 anymore you're turning at an, an angle which is a normal car angle so yeah so just it made it more fluid um and it also made it prettier but the downside of it was was that the squares made a nice rolling road yeah hexes didn't fit together the same no no and well so, there's no way there's no way you can really get like a you can get a proper straight road using hexes. You kind of can, but you kind of can't, really. I've done it. I, I have done it. Yeah. Um, I've been working on a way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, it's not part... I wanted that to be part of the original game, and as yeah. it stands, it's not. All right, okay. And, uh, yeah, it just purely came down to the physical... You know, something as simple as changing the shape... Of, of those of your your spaces had you know had all these different you know it was just like a, a ripple effect going right through everything then so did that that made you have to completely well think or, or rethink on a lot of the stuff that you had already planned for the game then yeah well I'd always kind of liked the idea of having that in it because it was part of the of my inspiration, so it was a nice kind of of way of saying thanks for showing me that, I'm now yeah. going to rip it off <laughs> it's kind of like I'm giving you a nod but I'm also giving you a wink <laughs> yeah. and then I'm run, and then I'm running away over the hill with your uh, with your IP um. <laughs> here's a hood, here's a wink have them both <laughs> so I mean um Combat, I mean, is it is it kind of like dice-based? Is it kind of card-based? I mean, have you got a mixture of card and dice on the game? So what happens is that at the start of your turn, you have five actions, mm-hmm. and you you can choose how to divide them up between your vehicles. So the rules are that you can only do a maximum of two actions with any one vehicle, mm-hmm. and it's not allowed to repeat the action, so you can't have one vehicle move twice in the same turn or anything like that so movement is purely just the stats how much you can move but the attacks come down to luck of the dice right okay so like I've seen 
the big rig is the, is the strongest guy out there, so he's going to attack a three. So what that means is he rolls three dice, mm -hmm. and then each vehicle has an armor stat. So you can you can see my warhammer stuff coming out in me now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> no, 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 no. So like a big rig has attack a three. A scout, if he was attacking a scout, a scout has an armor of three. So what happens is that's the score I'm looking for on those dice. So every three plus is a success against mm -hmm. that scout. And the scout can only take two hits. And then he's out. So your basic actions are your moves, your shooting, and then you also have your ram, which is a nice bit of, of merriment. I mean, you can't have post-apocalyptic vehicles without some kind of collision in there. No, I mean, otherwise you might as well just go home. Yeah, I'm, you I know. should have made it about bunnies otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I think, actually, you know, um, there's potentially, the more you mention it, maybe there is some kind of rabbit-based kind of game that you're going to probably do next after Wreck and Ruin that you're probably not telling about us about just now. I'm going to have some just... kind of fever dream tonight. Um, and write some post-apocalyptic bunny kind of. I'm going to say Watership like, Down. I was going to say because it, it was on. Well, Watership Down was on the other on the telly the other day. I think so. That was the yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, no. Instead of the tension of when he gets run over, it's like the bunny runs out and he has like an RPG mounted on his shoulder. He's I was like, thinking Terminator rabbits. <laughs> And then you could do another future voice thing, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the rabbit needs is some carrots. Kind of, you know, that kind of nonsense. <laughs> I think we've got some some gold happening there right is, now. I think there's actually, you know, I just need the... What would you call him? The rabbinator. The hairinator. He's not a rabbit, he's a hare. Something like that. The bunny... No, it's the bunnynator, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Except he, obviously he's this big hulking rabbit that he just walks up to other people and just squeaks at them because rabbits can't talk because they're rubbish like that. They don't even make a noise unless you, I don't know, prod them or something like. Let's let's because we're going down the animal cruelty route and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, I take it the winner of the game is is it defined after a number of rounds or is it decided after who's left, who's last man standing? So, I'm not a fan of player elimination, so I decided right. pretty early on, you know, there's nothing worse than being put out of a game, especially if it's pretty, pretty early. You know, some games you can get away with it if they're quick. So, something like, you know, exploding kittens, that, that's fine because as people come out, it just it gets quicker and quicker until yeah. eventually, you know... There's two cards left, and you're like, you know, one of them's a bomb, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, yeah. But um, so the game takes it, it's played over six rounds, and it's whoever has the most, whoever collects the most salvage sites, and um, by the end of the game is the winner. So there's times where it might not technically offer any strategic value to. Ram somebody from behind, yeah. But sometimes it's just too good an opportunity to miss. <laughs> just, just 
smash them off the road. Yeah. Do you? Is it like an area control? Then do you have to have kind of like a vehicle on a place at an end of a round in order for you to have the salvage site, or how does that work? So what happens is that on my turn, I need to land on top of the salvage site. So the salvage mm. site is just a little token that, you, that gets placed on the map. And what I have to do then is I have to survive the next player's turn without taking any damage to receive that. So I can come under fire, but if I take any wounds, it's basically the kind of it's contested still. So yeah. it doesn't get awarded in that turn. All right. Okay. So even with a four-player thing, you have the situation where everybody's everywhere all over the board but technically the only person you need to worry about at that moment in time is the one sitting to your left yeah and so it kind of it helps you focus in on who you're trying to attack and who's trying to attack you mm-hmm. and uh, and what happens is if if you're awarded the resource you you take it out you take it off the board as a victory point um, all right okay you receive a nice bit of shiny salvage for your troubles uh-huh. um, so that's a, a deck of cards which basically allow you to bend and break the rules a little bit all right, so okay. they're all kind of unique cards you'll have things in there like it'll maybe allow you to do a free move mm-hmm. or you know maybe you're you roll double attack dice but it's at a minus one because you're just firing, you know, you're just rapid firing everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and things like there's a smoke screen in there, so if somebody attacks you, you can use it in their turn, and it their rolls are at a minus two to hit you. All right, okay. And stuff like that, so they are worth getting. And the, the whole deck, there's not a single duplicate item in there, so they're all... Every single card is a unique card, so when you've got it in your hand, you know nobody else has that. How long do you have to spend kind of like playtesting and mucking around with these different cards? Because this is what I'm amazed at when I do see, I mean, mention obviously going back to Clank, there's a couple of cards that are the same, but genuinely all the treasure cards, a lot of the monster cards are all pretty kind of unique. So is it quite a long testing process or is it quite, is it a big kind of, I guess brainstorming session where you just write down as many things as you can and then see what kind of works and sticks or how do you how do you kind of do that then? So I have a I have an eight four notepad and it says mm. on the front of it plans for world domination. <laughs> and whenever I have an idea for a card yeah. or, or a mechanic or something like that, that's where it goes. It goes in there and then when I feel like I want to maybe add more cards into the pile, I'll yeah. win that. Then I'll say, right, what do I fancy today? You yeah. Know, mm, let's have a little bit more. Let's make rams nastier today. Is there a picture of a rabbit on the front cover that you've drawn? No, but it, it could be. <laughs> it could be. A rabbit with a cigar. You know how like, um, you see the, the council vans? And they've always got the teddy strapped to the front grill. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might see if I can incorporate that in it somewhere. Oh, that would be so. That would be a, that could be like a, an add-on or a little stretch goal. It could be, it could be like Sarah's one free elephant. I, I could, <laughs> Pretty much. I, or, or Peter Blenkamp's beard. 
It'll yeah, be... well, I think bearded meeples are only happening, but that's only because I ended up kind of just pestering Peter on multiple occasions, <laughs> just sending him just random messages through Skype and stuff, just with bearded meeple question mark, and that was it. And sometimes when somebody keeps getting those messages at half past three in the morning, eventually they will say any, they will agree to anything to get you to stop, which is always quite good. Um. I mean, what stage are you at now with the game? I mean, you've been. Did you go back to Aircon this year with another version of the game to to kind of play test it again? I would have liked to, but um, actually, I had I had a little baby boy four weeks ago. Mm, congratulations! Thank you. And his actual due date was on Aircon, so. All right. I sent a strongly worded email to Mark <laughs> Cook and said, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> you know, he moved venues. He moved. You know, it went from every year to six months. As like, you didn't even. Yeah. You didn't even involve me in the conversation. <laughs> so did you? Did he ignore the email, or did he respond to your strongly worded email? Uh, <laughs> Mark's a really nice guy. I've uh, actually, yeah. I don't really know him that well. So I'm just talking rubbish. But he is a nice guy. And, I like what he yeah. does, so I would have went if I could have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where are you in terms of the the kind of the the kind of the models, the miniatures for the game? Because um, I've seen some of the original ones. Um, the prototypes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about the prototypes because they look. What were they made out of? Yeah. Uh, so I made the prototypes out of Super Sculpey. All right. Which is a kind of plasticine that doesn't go off till you cook it in the oven yeah and i and i did that just purely to have something physical that kind of gave the game a bit of weight you know yeah. the way up to that point i was moving about a little piece of paper and trying to get one piece of paper off another piece of paper to move <laughs> it yeah it's quite difficult just, this wasn't happening no so i was like right I always, always knew that I wanted miniatures, but you know yeah. that way it's like, right, these will do for now, and they've actually, they've done, they've done the rounds. They, they've been to quite a lot of places. These little guys. <laughs> are you going to hold on to them? I mean, are they? I mean, have you considered? Because you should see them. Because I mean, I'll, I'll put. Um, you've got pictures of them on the on the website. Yes. So they're not. They're they're not great. I think they're ama- I think they're amazing. I really really like them because they're kind of, um, they're kind of cut. They're round, in a lot of places, and the wheels are fantastic. And I think there's just there's a lot of charm to them. Um, I have had and, people say to me, "I would buy this game if these were the actual models that came with it," but um, unfortunately, that was mainly females and. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. One person that was actually just one person. It's <laughs> just one person, yeah. right? Okay, so that's right. You're not going to keep the the models because of one person, but are you? I mean, are you, I've seen obviously on Facebook some of the stuff that you're doing. So are you doing kind of like proper sculpts now as well, and are you doing like I've seen some of the CG sculpts that are going about. Where are you with that? Are they at a point where you've now got them in your hand? Are they still in development? So I've got I've got four. Of the the three D sculpts, kind of ready to go, 
right. which is a complete faction, so mm-hmm. it's enough to get me going. Um, I was hoping that I would have unique models for all the factions, but I don't think I'll be ready in time with all that. And it's yeah. also, it's there's quite a lot of cost involved in doing that. Um, so at the moment, I'm still going to get the other ones worked on. Mm-hmm. But these are kind of going to be my four basic ones, I think, to start me off with anyway. So I do have one modicle, one model that's actually been physically printed and sent to me, which was nice. Cool. So I'd kind of, I'd been getting quotes from factories and, and one of them said to me, you know, is there, you know, do you need anything else from us? We'd quite like your business, you know. How how can we sweeten the pot? Really? And I and as like I said, well, I said to be honest, I said my main concern is miniatures because they they are the make or break. Yeah. Of games, you know, way, like you want to have a good game. Yeah. But you want you know if you're going to do minis, they need to be right. And so, I said you know that that's my only worry, and so. The girl, the girl emailed me back and said, right, why don't we send you a little sample pack? I was like, all right, cool. And she said, oh, and if, if you've got any files yeah. of your stuff, then, you know, send that to us. Yeah. And so, yeah, like two weeks later, this package came through with a couple of, couple of different games, a bag of miniatures from, I don't know, I don't recognise any of them. So yeah. I don't know what games they're from, but then in a little bit of bubble wrap was my own model as well Whoa. and to have you know to to have a, like a, an almost kind of final product in your hand you know it's just I can't put it into words what it feels did like did you did you cry as much as when your son was born <laughs> see that there's a there's a bit of a contention here because <laughs> technically Wreck and Ruin was my first baby <laughs> well but then if you're a father you'll know that you love all your children as equal yes so I love them all equally but there was a first <laughs> oh dear oh my goodness uh, you, you better hope there's not many other people that listen to this podcast because you could end up in a lot of trouble <laughs> <laughs> um, no but seriously I mean when you had the when you unwrap it and I'm talking about the miniature, not the not your son. Um, <clears throat> what was it like actually seeing something that had been designed for you in your hand? Was it you know was it like well he, this is happening now? It's it's utterly mind blowing, you know, to think. I mean, as I, I started the idea, I started kind of writing Wreck and Ruin January of last year. Yeah. So like, in just over a year's time, I had something, which. A year ago didn't exist, and you know that way to 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 think that I'd, I was then holding that. I was like, "This is." I just couldn't couldn't describe. It. I just kind of stared at it, and I was like, "This is this is just awesome." <laughs> I mean, um, going forward then, for the actual Kickstarter campaign itself, when are you? When's your? What's your thoughts about when you're going to be going ahead with that then? So. I'm going to UKGE first. Um, yeah. So I'm going down there. 
Uh, I obviously have nothing to sell, but just to kind of get a bit more exposure, there are kind of, I'm basically doing all the Kickstarter things wrong, all the things that they tell you not to do. So first time project is supposed to be small with a kind of low funding goal. Um, probably stay away from miniatures. Yeah. And pretty much everything that I'm saying, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, um, are you excited? Are you scared? Are you kind of well? I'm going to get be getting this done now, so onwards and upwards kind of thing. The whole, the whole thing is scary because literally every day there's something new that comes up that you've never considered before. Yeah. So, you know you know yourself, there's all these different Facebook groups and they, they cover all different aspects of kind of game design, publishing and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. Every now and again a thread starts and you're like, what are these guys talking about? You know, that way there was, there was a thread and some guy was saying... Or I've been quoted this price for barcodes. You know, where do you guys buy your barcodes from? And I'm like, wait a minute, I need to buy a barcode. You know that way it's like <laughs> it just I can help you. I can help you with that. It just it hadn't <laughs> entered my mind up until that point, you know, that way there's just you have to you have to run the project, but you have to you you wear so many different hats when yeah. you're doing it. You know that way like I try and do my bit on social media, but if you're not careful, it it absorbs your day, and before you realise it, you've you've not done anything else. Yeah. And it's trying to trying to wear that hat as well as doing everything else at the same time. Do you think that the job of getting something on Kickstarter has um has changed quite a bit since? You know, in the last couple of years, Def- definitely. I think with the with the big players like Cool Mini, yeah. you know those kind of guys. They've just they set the, the the bar so high in in terms of expectations from backers. You know that way. It's like I couldn't I couldn't have went to Kickstarter last year and said I've got an idea for my game. But I need money to get the artwork done. Yeah. You know, if I don't have artwork done, if I don't have a video done, if I don't have reviews done before I hit Kickstarter, nobody's going to touch it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen, I see it more and more. I've seen, I've seen a lot of Kickstarters kind of start and then, kind of, I guess, kind of finish early when. That kind of Kickstarter mentality, I don't think it no longer, you know, it no longer applies now where you can say, well, we need to get, we need your help. We're serious. If we can't get the money for this, then nothing's going to happen. But it, I think we've, I mean, we've said this a lot of times on the, in the episodes. It's like you're spending a lot of money to even get yourself to a Kickstarter position because the standard is kind of, is kind of very, very high. Um, but at the same time, it's still exciting because it means games like Wreck and Ruin, you know, have a chance of going out there that otherwise would have sat on an A4 notepad 
with world plans for domination, <laughs> plans for world domination written on them, with Winnow rabbits. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it sounds. I mean, there's as you know, and as I said on the. I've always had a little spot in my heart for kind of like Thunder Road and looking over the stuff that you're doing just now, it looks fascinating and it's one of the reasons why we've kept kept in contact and it's one of the reasons why we're having the conversation just now. You know, not just because we'll be meeting at Tabletop Day and you can turn around and say, why didn't you get me in the episode? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't want to do a preemptive dodging a a potential (laughs) issue. Yeah, pretty much. Just cover the bases just in case. Because I could probably avoid you, but, you know, just in case you didn't. Just in case it's like, hi, Sarah. Hi, Justin. Hi, Kevin. Oh, Mark. Oh, didn't see you there. Who's that angry looking guy at the back? I know, exactly. He's, he started chucking. What are these cars? Why is he chucking cars at me? Oh, that hurry. Hexagonal boards as well. Um, For people that want to keep an eye on the project and keep an eye on what's going to be happening, you know, when you launch. What's the, what's the, where do you stay and live on the interwebs? Where can they find you? So I do have my, my own website, which is www.wreckandruingame.co.uk. Um, but to be the best, the best one is actually Facebook, which is under Wreck and Ruin Game. Because I can actually okay. interact with people on there, so if there's any right. any questions, you know, that way anyone wants to to post anything on there, I'm on top of it. Whereas okay. you kind of the website doesn't quite have that same interactivity in it. Mm. So Facebook Facebook is the place. That's where I live. <laughs> Are you on Twitter as well? I'm on Twitter, I'm under at wreck underscore and underscore ruin um i'm also on instagram which i think mm-hmm. is wreck and ruin basically if you type in wreck and ruin somewhere find you. yeah even if you do a google search i'll be in the first page somewhere with some american singer who's released an album with the same name but oh there you go then apart from that well, that's only confusion Maybe you should do some kind of double tour then. It might work out well. Yeah. Get them to do the theme tune. I'm going to do for the YouTube yeah. for the YouTube video. I love that cross promotion. Not, that could work. I'm not, could I've work. not even listened to. It. I don't even know what kind of music it is. It could be. Could be anything. <laughs> it could, be, it could be anything at all. It's probably some angsty, angry, sad music or something like that, which you know could maybe not fit in at all with the campaign. Um. Have you got any other games? I mean, yeah, have you got any other games in the pipeline? Obviously, we've mentioned the Hidden Rabbit game that you're going to now spring on us, but is there, I mean, is Wreck and Ruin the kind of the, is there anything else that's coming out after that that you've got ideas for? Is this giving you the bug? I mean, I've I've written a lot of ideas. Um, this is the kind of smallest game that I'd probably do. Um mm. I wouldn't go so far as to say legacy games, but I do like the idea that your choices affect the final outcome. Yeah. So I would like a game that you could play it again and get a different ending, if you like. 
mm-hmm. kind of like a computer game where depending on what you do yeah. changes how it, you know what you see at the end I, I like that kind of idea so I've got a lot of ideas for kind of big kind of probably like a kind of fallout board game is where I'd be going next I think just kind of keeping within the kind of the, the same world and maybe changing it to on foot or yeah so I like kind of I kind of have all my ideas have a kind of couple of similar themes which is always everything's different so there's always a, a random generation you know board, yeah. board state generation so mm. um, I always like that kind of stuff but um, something that that has that kind of element of dungeon crawling but RPG um, I'm looking at kind of sci-fi stuff I'll probably I like the idea of doing one that kind of almost kind of pre-epidemic kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It's probably the closest thing would be like a kind of zombie outbreak, but I don't want to use the the Z word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think as we said, there's currently I think if there was a zombie outbreak, there's currently. There would be more zombie board games out in the street than there would actually be zombies. Yeah, we could <laughs> actually use them as the weapons to fight them off. <laughs> you imagine zombies shambling towards you and then, like, hurting their feet on zombicide miniatures. You know. I suppose. Well, okay. Well, here's the here's the here's the million dollar question because we brought it up with with Dave Wellington a little while ago. If you were stuck <laughs> in a game board shop. And this game board shop had any game at all. Um, <clears throat> what three games would you take with you to help you see your see your way through the zombie apocalypse? Am I Over u- to you, Mark. Am I using them as weapons or to play? You can use them for anything you want. You can use them as weapons or to play. Right. Well, I think I would buy. I would. I would get Gloomhaven. As a weapon, because because that's like a truck. Yeah, <laughs> I could use that to break down doors and everything. Yeah. Um, play-wise, adrenaline. All right, okay. I I like I like adrenaline. I like what it does. I like it's kind of it's quite fresh. So yeah. I like that. Um, Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death. I've not played it. I've backed the second one, and basically, since since with my newfound love for miniatures, um, that ticks a lot of boxes. Well, I mean, uh, and it's also a hefty box, so that could that <clears throat> teamed up with Gloomhaven, and yeah, I could I could squish zombies. <laughs> you could grab both of the boxes. And squish heads between them. It would be like the end of the Hulk when he rips that car <laughs> in two and like makes them into two big fists. So I'll have Gloom, Gloomhaven on one hand and I'll have I'll have Kingdom Death, like my hand shoved in the box of Kingdom Death. Just... You'd be st- stripped to the waist with a like uh and like just yelling out, It's globbering time or is that the thing? It's probably the thing. Mark Smash. I'll have like a a, a bandolier of kind of what? trading card packs just to sleeves. Kind of, yeah just all kinds of 
all kinds of stuff hanging, you know, just a nice bandolier to kind of to finish off the ensemble. I'd probably use Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I don't think I would care too much if uh, if they got battered or magic cards. I was, actually. I was going to say yeah, if you if you want to magic. know Brian again, Un- I'd use unsleeved magic cards. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Ultra in a zombie apocalypse, Brian's back on soon. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Is it like a grudge match or is he? It's because um, I said to him, he said, would you ever have me back on? I says, well, on two conditions, if hell froze over or if I ever played magic. And I ended up playing magic, so I said, okay, you can come on again. So he's going to be coming on really soon. And we're going to discuss, um, we're going to be doing like a a two sides um, to like the argument. His argument is going to be magic's really good. And my argument is going to be, well, I'm going to edit out all the bits that you say magic's really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, and that's that's how that's going to that's how that's going to work. But yeah, no, that's uh, I like those answers to the questions. Obviously, you would end up really tired if you had to carry Kingdom Death Monster and uh, Gloomhaven carry any distance. I I, I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't even make it out of the shop. <laughs> Just sit there and play. Yeah. Put the miniatures together. I'd maybe just butt them up against the door to stop anyone from coming in. <laughs> I know, but you'd have plenty of time to play the campaign. Just play, play Adrenaline by Candlelight. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of something out. It'd be good, it'd be good. Um, listen, um, Mark, thank you very, very much for coming on. No problem, thanks for having me. Um, This has been a delight. It's kind of like... um. We've been meaning to talk for a while, and I know I say about this about everything, but I think we started talking last year. Yeah, yeah. And a long we've kind of yeah, and I think that was when you were kind of in the first the first kind of throes of putting this together. So I'm glad that we're I'm glad that you've been on. I'm glad we've had a chat, and I'm glad that Wrecking Ruin's going to become a a definite kind of reality. And I will make sure that. All the links you've given us will end up in the show notes, so we have some notes to show. Now, for people that want to keep an eye on what we're up to, and um, I think we're going to have to start handing out prizes for people that stay with us the longest. Um, I've still no idea why you do. Um, You can go on our website, which is wearenotwizards.com. You can find us on Instagram, which is wearenotwizards. You can find us on Twitter, which is wearenotwizards. We're on Facebook, which is, guess what, Mark? Uh, we're not wizards? Yes, yeah, we're not wizards as well. We go have me. uploaded... <laughs> go you! <laughs> We've uploaded a whole pile of episodes to YouTube for people to have a listen to if they like listening through YouTube. I don't know why, somehow that's quite good. Um, we're on iTunes. If you search for tabletop gaming, we're now on the list somewhere. If you search for We're Not Wizards, you'll find us straight away. Um, if you've liked what you heard tonight, um, as usual, we would love it if you would rate us, subscribe, maybe even leave a review. If you are going to leave us a rate and you are going to leave us a review, don't give us a 10 because that makes us feel kind of big-headed. And don't give us a one because, Mark? It'll make us cry. That makes us cry. Just give us somewhere in the average, like a f- like in the middle, like a five. Because at the end of the day, we are normally very average. But tonight, I think we're definitely deserved an eight or a nine because uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, there's only two things left to do. 
and remember, you probably listen to this and think, um, remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Mark? We are strangely obsessed with violent bunnies, but <laughs> no, <laughs> we are not wizards. <laughs> we are definitely. There is a carrot addiction going about the place, and I'm not sure we're safe. Um, no, we are not wizards, but we are potentially scavengers looking for salvage in an untamed world. <laughs> it's like a base cast all over again. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I know. I was just going to think I should bring, it, uh, bring her in singing again and again and again. But, you know. <laughs> um, and the other thing is to say is goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the absolutely wonderful Mark McKinnon. Goodbye. And it is a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, and step out into the dystopian future. And remember, if you're going to ram somebody, do it with a really big vehicle, not a small scouty one, because otherwise you're going to end up with less dice. But until the next time, goodbye.